This morning on the third hour of today, record-setting summer, extreme heat across the country, and more historic highs on the way. What to expect in the days ahead. Then, feeling lucky? We have Lotto Fever with two soaring jackpots, Mega Millions and Powerball drawings this weekend. So, what are the odds of winning? Plus, summer-style hacks, genius ways to refresh your wardrobe for free, like giving new life to your button-down shirts. And time for a road trip. We planned out the best routes for your family vacation, so all you have to do is buckle up. That's all ahead today, Friday, July 7th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the third hour of today. I'm Dylan here with Chanel and Craig Al, uh, still off, mm-hmm. playing pop-up. Um, <laughs> how's everyone feeling today? It feels like Friday. I mean, I feel like every day this week has kind of felt like <laughs> yes. Friday. It's that weird it's a, holiday vibe. Yes. It is, yeah. it is. So a lot to talk about this morning. And we will begin once again with the, the heat, extreme heat, that has been breaking records all over the country. We've had a week of severe storms as well, and they're not over yet. It is all added up to misery for holiday travelers in the skies and on the road, or at least challenges. I don't know about misery, but that's where we find NBC's Emily Akeda. She's on New Jersey Turnpike this morning. Emily, let's start with, I guess, how hot it is this morning. Hey there, good to be with you guys. You can already feel that heat and humidity setting in this morning. Parts of the Northeast cities will see up to 13 degrees above average for this time of year, but the heat is all the most oppressive in the Southwest. Arizona routinely seeing triple-digit temperatures this week, and that is where earlier this week, U.S. Border Patrol rescued a pair of hikers from heat stress. They used a Black Hawk helicopter to navigate difficult terrain, hoisting the pair to save And on top of the heat, 8 million people today in the country's midsection are bracing for more severe weather. We've seen the impact of these storms over the past two weeks, snarling holiday travel. You look at Houston and Denver airports yesterday, roughly half of the flights in and out of there were delayed there. But guys, I will end on a positive note, and that is the roadway traffic. Look at it moving smoothly behind me, despite the record 43 million people who got behind the wheel for the July 4th holiday. Also, you look at the gas price. The national average for a gallon of gas is sitting at $3.53. That is two cents cheaper from last year and a dollar twenty-two. I'm sorry, last month and a dollar twenty-two less expensive from a year ago. But can I just point out one other positive number, and that is one billion dollars behind <laughs> me so conveniently, the Powerball and Mega Millions number. That is how much between the two. It's soaring above a billion dollars. I know my pal Jesse Kirsch is covering it. So, guys, I guess I should probably go pick myself up a lottery ticket. <laughs> yes, you should. Get out of that heat. Yes. You deserve to win, Emily. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, what's what's the word there, buddy? To Emily's point, well, how, how are the odds? Yeah, well, and yeah, the odds, I, you know, Emily will find this no surprise. I'm from Jersey, so I think if you're in the Garden State, your odds are infinitely better. But they're actually pretty good <laughs> in Chicago, too. Someone not far from here actually won a Mega Millions last year. Let's look at what someone could win this weekend. $427 bucks up for grabs with a jackpot drawing tonight for Mega Millions. If you want to go even bigger, wait till tomorrow. Powerball looking at a $590 million jackpot. And all you need to play that Powerball, guys, two of these right here, two singles. That's all it takes. You can even have them auto-pick the numbers for you. The odds, Craig, not that great. I know we were just talking about that. Powerball says your odds of winning are less than one out of 292 million. 
for perspective, according to some National Weather Service numbers, you're almost 250 times more likely to be struck by lightning in a given year. The Florida Museum says by their numbers, you're almost 80 times more likely to be bitten by a shark. All of that is much more likely than winning the lottery. But someone has to win. I'm hoping for it because it's been since April. That was the last time we had either a Mega Millions or a Powerball winner. If you happen to be the lucky winner this weekend, here's some advice you might want to take to heart. Uh, get yourself a financial and legal advisors because you're going to be looking at some new big life decisions. If you can stay anonymous, and it depends on where you play the games, if you can stay anonymous, you might want to do that to preserve some privacy and protect your, your family, uh, you know, your, your privacy from that perspective. You also might want to change your phone number for that as well. That's the serious advice stuff. Let's get to the fun. If you're going to splurge, if you spend all of the money, what are some of the things you could buy? How about more than 400 houses in Maui? It sounds pretty good. We've been thinking about this over here. You could also get more than 15,000 pickup trucks. I don't know if this could work, but maybe you could build a bridge to Maui with all of those pickup trucks. I don't know if that could work. Don't hold me to it. And then the other option for the caffeine lovers out there, you could get over 100 million venti caramel macchiatos. But for now, guys, just for now, because I'm feeling lucky, I don't have that kind of money yet, so I'm just going to stick with good old-fashioned uh, generic coffee. <laughs> yeah, you go to the yeah. place. The like, have some water in a cup, please. Jesse, I know you listed some pretty random things there, um, but what would you buy if you were to win? $590 million. Yeah, Dylan, I've been thinking a lot about this. I think I'm going to call up all of my family, all my friends, going to charter a plane. We're going to take a one-way ticket to Monaco, maybe, or somewhere on the Riviera, <laughs> and we're going to just stay there until it all runs out. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I like it. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Don't forget your friend Craig. I look forward to Thank the phone you. call. Thank <laughs> He changed his phone number. That's exactly. True. That's one of his own advice. Um, all right. Turning now to one of the most popular vacation destinations every summer, although maybe too popular because if you're headed to a national park, you'll be in good company. NBC's Gotti Schwartz has some great advice for navigating the crowds and why you might want to consider going off the beaten path. Gotti, good morning. Absolutely. Good morning. If you're heading out for some fresh mountain air to the great outdoors, chances are you are not alone. We could be looking at some record-breaking crowds, and the last thing you want is to end up in a four-hour traffic jam, even if it is in paradise. When we think of our national parks, we often picture majestic peaks, spectacular wildlife, and iconic natural wonders. But over the last decade, national parks have seen a steady increase in visitors. When you get here, expect to encounter a lot of other people. This year is the first year overall park attendance is back to pre-pandemic levels, well over 300 million visitors. So things can get kind of crowded. And though there are 424 national parks, more than a quarter of those visitors are flooding the top eight, more than 80 million people. That can mean up to a four-hour wait just to get into parks like Yosemite. And without a reservation, you can't drive into some parks at all. One great way to avoid crowds are to go early or come late in the day or in the season. National parks are amazing to visit in the fall and in the spring. So maybe hold off on that trip until October. Or consider parks less traveled. If you really want to see 
geysers and mud pots like you would in Yellowstone. Lassen Volcanic in California is a great alternative. If you want to see bison, you might check out Theodore Roosevelt in North Dakota. If you're looking for iconic mountains like you might see at Grand Teton, we'd encourage someone to visit North Cascades National Park or Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado. If you can't avoid the rush, there are still ways to get the most out of your visit. First, plan ahead. Make sure you have a reservation where you need one, either for a place to stay or to get into attractions that are most important to you. Use a National Park Service app. It's an interactive map, a pocket tour guide, has accessibility information and more. And for your safety, remember, the parks are wild. It's important to respect them. Don't go off trail or approach the animals. Seeing bison or wolves or bears can be some of the most amazing and memorable moments from a visit, but make sure to respect wildlife. They are wild. They're wild animals. Keep your distance. Some of the hikes that I would recommend is to... You can also think outside of the box. Only about a third of parks are natural preserves. The rest are recreation, historical, or cultural parks. There are 12 in New York City alone. So consider parks like Selma to Montgomery and learning about the struggle for voting rights for black Americans. Or Gettysburg National Battlefield in Pennsylvania. Or Chaco Culture National Historical Park in New Mexico, where you can visit indigenous ruins. So whether it's an iconic park or a park less familiar, there is something for everyone. And since we seem to be in the mood for some big math this morning, here's an interesting note. In 2021, visitors spent $20.5 billion in nearby communities to parks and created 322,000 jobs, which comes out to about every dollar that Congress invests in national parks. We're getting more than a $10 return to the U.S. economy. Yet another reason to love our parks, uh, but love them as gently as possible. Yeah. Love them just gently. so like beautiful. That. We want to keep them that way. Gotti, thanks so much. I had no idea there were 400 National parks. Something we have and to do. so many close by to where everyone lives, you know, so you can always get to one. Um, so if all of what you just saw has you dreaming of seeing the sites coming up in just a bit, we've got gorgeous road trip ideas in some of the lesser known national parks. All right. Also ahead, our dynamic doctor duo. You like our <laughs> little title there? Dynamic doctor duo. We got Dr. Natalie, Dr. John to answer all of your burning questions about safety in the summer heat. We have some good advice for you coming up. We'll be right back. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
Welcome back. It has been a hot summer already. So with record highs all around the country this morning, we are answering your burning questions. I love this music. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to reference the movie. I'm like, or the music. I'm like, focus, Chanel. Uh, NBC News senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres, and NBC medical contributor, Dr. Natalie Azar, are here to break down what we all need to know. Good morning. Good morning. What do we call you today? Our dynamic doctor yeah, duo? The doctor duo. All right. So we have some good questions. Our first one comes from our researcher, Natalie. Take a listen. Hi, Dr. John and Dr. Azar. During the summer months, heat exhaustion is a big concern of mine because when it's hot, I tend to get lightheaded, a little faint, and then sometimes I'll pass out. What are some of the signs of heat exhaustion I should be looking for? And what are some of the ways that I can prevent it from happening? Wow. Thank you, Natalie, for that question. So you want to think about heat exposure on a spectrum. If you can recognize heat exhaustion, you can prevent heat stroke, which is a medical emergency. So some some of the signs and symptoms to look for are heavy sweating. That's your body's natural way of trying to get rid of heat. Your skin is going to feel cold, pale, clammy. You're going to have a fast pulse, but it's going to feel a little bit weak, and you might feel nauseous. Mm. Heat stroke is what we don't want it to evolve to. Heat stroke is defined by a core temperature of 10 three or higher. Here, your skin is going to be hot and red and typically more dry. Your pulse might still be fast. It's going to feel strong, nauseous again. And probably the biggest pearl is the change in mental status. Mm. People are going to be confused. That becomes an emergency. Wow. And what do you do, Dr. John? And that's the biggest thing is you want to treat it as soon as possible. Heat stroke is the medical emergency. Call 911. You want to get the ambulance there as quick as possible because they could start getting organ failure and die from heat strokes. You want to be careful. But But when you look at heat exhaustion and heat stroke, like Natalie said, there's a continuum there. Main thing is get them out of the hot sun. You want to make sure that they're in a cooled environment. Pour water over them, cold water. Put them in a cold bath, not necessarily an ice bath, but a cooler bath. And then you want to make sure that if they have heat exhaustion, give them small sips of cold water, electrolyte replacement fluids, anything like that. Heat stroke, don't give them anything to drink because they're going to be confused. They might be nauseous. They Hmm. might get sick. So... Do that. Call 911. Definitely call 911. All right. Uh, Let's get to our next question. This one's from Aldrin in New Jersey. Hi, Dr. John and Dr. Azar. I love to go to the beach with my family, and we like to bring snacks. What are some foods to avoid in the summer heat? And this is a great question because you want to be careful. And the last thing you want is people to go home and remember this because they got sick after your event there. The thing to remember is 40 and 140 degrees. You want things less than 40 or above 140. There's a two-hour time window you can get in between there. And so if you're on the beach, you have to be very careful. Some things to think about, things that need refrigeration. You want to be extremely careful with that out on the beach. Fresh salads could be a problem as well. If you have anything that's mayonnaise-based, Potato salad is always one of those big things that causes a lot of issues. You want to be careful. Uncooked meats. And then pre-cut fruit. Keep it whole and then cut it when you get there. Hmm. Of course, you're going to have sand and everything as well. Wait, it's bad if fruit... What's pre-cut it's fruit? too warm? I'm sorry? It's bad if fruit pre-cut it's unhealthy. Fruit. Well, the, well the, fruit can get, the fruit can get warm, and it can also get insects in it and things uh, like that. So you just want to be careful when you get there. Okay, that makes sense. All right, we have a couple of young viewers with a question. We love being outside in the summer. What are some things that we can do to beat the heat? All right. So the theme here for water is that you can drink it, you can eat it and you can play in it. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the biggest things about staying hydrated is remember that if you're going to be outside on a hot day, start drinking as soon as you get up. Once you if you wait until you're thirsty, it's probably a little bit too late regarding eating. You can eat foods that are high in water, like fruit and things like that. But the point we're trying to make is that we don't want it to spoil outside. Okay. And then, of course, you can play 
in the water, sprinklers, pools, that kind of thing. Stay out of the sun from 11 to 2. That's the hottest part, the hottest part of the day. Take cool showers and baths. Think with clothing. Think loose and light. And never, ever, ever leave children or pets in the car Period. And do people yeah. still do it? Second. They period. think, oh, I'm just going to crack it. And you hear the, you know, you walk nope. by and you hear Not the dog barking. Not even a short barking. break. No. Not even so, a short break. Just don't so do it. Especially so kids' temps go high, sky high, so All quickly. Right. Dr. John, Dr. Azar, thank you guys thank both. Thank you so much. You this was great. Like the brain yeah. trust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start a podcast. Uh, coming up here on a Friday, I recently went down to Williamsburg, Virginia, to uncover the story of one of America's first black churches, how that community there is now telling the next chapter of history. That story is coming up right after this. This morning, an update on a story we started following over two years ago when archaeologists began excavating the site of one of Virginia's first black churches. And Craig, you actually went down to Williamsburg to see the incredible progress they're making. They have made incredible progress. Several parishioners, in fact, at today's First Baptist Church can trace their lineage back hundreds of years to the founding of the church. Now, the archaeological work being done there, they've gotten some new information about how their ancestors lived and where their final resting places may be. What you're seeing is history unearthed. Each level of soil painstakingly excavated reveals different clues about the black community that worshipped here in Williamsburg, Virginia during America's earliest days. When we first brought you this story about the original First Baptist Church in February of 2021, the team at Colonial Williamsburg had just started working at the site. Now their work is complete. The goal, again, is is authenticity to, to the extreme. Jack Gary and his team took on this important job in coordination with the First Baptist community and other ancestors. Founded in 1776 by enslaved and free blacks who worshiped together in secret. The congregation built the first church themselves as early as 1805 on a plot of land given to them by a local landowner. A tornado destroyed it in 1834. In 1856, a new brick church was built, which stood for 100 years until Colonial Williamsburg bought it and tore it down. A bigger church was built nearby, and that original plot became an empty lot used for parking buses. Since our first report, Jack's team has uncovered the foundation of that original church and so much more. When you started, the expectation was, we'll find the old church building. Yes, that's right. That's right. And here we are three years later, and you you found 63 That's right. people. That's right. They found the cemetery of that original church, and if you look closely, you can see the shapes the caskets made when the soil was disturbed during burial. The living descendants were moved by the news. Dr. Julie Grace and Mark Garner both have family links to that early community. What have you learned? It made me feel a connection. It made me feel that finally the world will know who we are. I you know, didn't even really know about my family line that mm-hmm. I've now gone back and started to look into. With the ancestors' permission, three sets of remains were removed. Even in poor condition, tests showed that one set belonged to an African-American teenager. Descendants were then able to see the remains remotely. How did that make you feel? I don't think I was ready for it. At that moment, I realized like this, this could be someone related to me. To actually 
know that these are the remains of a person that, you know, may be in our family. Yeah. I really wanted them to to examine all 63 of those graves. But since the experts told them there was little chance of learning more, the ancestors voted to leave the rest of the graves undisturbed. They've told us their story. Exactly. This work has gone a long way to repair the relationship between Colonial Williamsburg and the congregation. Connie Harshaw is a church leader. There was a lot of pain, but the fact that what appeared to be an intentional cover-up has now been intentionally uncovered. So it's sort of a healing process now. So I think it's a good change. It's a good change because now we're telling a more complete story. That story is entering a new chapter. What do you want to see, see done there? Something needs to be done to memorialize the cemetery of people that are out there um, to, to be able to tell their story. I think it's more than a plaque. I would be honored, you know, to have people just come by and just be able to sit there and, and feel the presence of those who have been laid to rest. Wow. And those, those plans are actually underway. The design, the design team working hard. The hope is to reconstruct the church and to have a proper memorial in place to open by 2026. That would be amazing. Yeah. And I bet you'd be there. I will be, be right back. Great back. to cover. Yeah. That was great. All right. Coming up, we're going to take a turn and show you some summer style hacks. In fact, listen to this. Over 17 million people have checked out this video on TikTok. So up next, we're going to give it a try. We're going to show you how to do it. Plus, more tricks to transform the clothes you already have. You don't need to buy a thing. We're going to show you how to do it. And then later, road trip. We have great destination ideas Ooh. to inspire your next getaway. <laughs> Look at that. We need a fan. Get some wind going there. Where's your seatbelt? We'll be right back. That's, That's so cool. Welcome back on today's Style File. We've got some fun fashion hacks to put a new spin on your summer wardrobe without costing you a single penny. Here to show us all the tricks and trends is style expert and fashion content creator, creator Lena Nori. Lena, good morning. Good morning. I'm so grateful to be back. We're so happy to have you here because these are really fun tricks. So we're starting off with, you know, when you have the long button down yes. shirt, you kind of try to tie it up. But we have a video here of um, when the tie goes wrong because it just makes it look too bulky. But you're going to show us the right way to do it. Yes, definitely. So this is one of my favorite hacks. It This front tie allows you to not only hold your top and in place. So unlike the other ones, you're going to pull it through. So you're going to start off with the first two buttons and okay. you pull it through the hole. And then you grab the other side and you pull the other side through the opening as well. Okay. And then you oh, just pull it yeah. from side to side. And this and will stay, not budge. It'll stay like that? It'll stay like that. Even on a shiny shirt? On a shiny shirt. So and cute. it's a whole new way to oh, wear Oh, that is really cute. So okay. cute. We've got Talia here with our next one. And this... <laughs> I haven't actually seen the TikTok video for this one, but your bra's on the outside. Of yes. So what's happening? Here? Okay, so I love this hack. It's not only perfect for summer, but especially if you like to wear high-waisted bottoms, it's showing you how to take your longer tops and crop them. So she's starting off with her shirt upside down and inside out. Look at that. And then she's wearing her uh, strapless bra on top, and then she's just gonna pull it right over her shoulders. And you okay. wanna make sure there's no material bulging out. 
So it's nice and so sweet. cute. Wait, that's, that's it. That's it. And just like that, you How have cute a whole is that? that's awesome. new stylish crop top, and you can actually make it as short or as long as you want. Just and depending it's not on whatever you're in, so you're not all like bunchy. Bulky. It's not okay. tucked in, so it accentuates that's your so waist. Cute. It's perfect for summer or if you're throwing it under a blazer too. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank and you, Talia's Talia. dad's watching, so we'll all right, let's, say hello. We got a hack for the Jack. We got a hack for Jack here. Yes. This is Jack. Jack's part of our team. Um, this is to make your tea. James, excuse me. James, why don't you correct me? Jesus. Uh, James, sits right outside of my office. Um, this is for t-shirts to make them look more fitted? Yes. Yeah, so as you know, most men have a t-shirt in their wardrobe. It's a yep. staple piece. But not all t-shirts are made the same or fit you correctly on your arms. So this is a way to basically make your sleeves look more tailored. You're going to grab an oversized rubber band. You want to make sure it's definitely oversized. And he has big arms. So yes, big he, does, he does have big arms. A big I thought band. they hired an Abercrombie model for this. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to put the rubber band exactly where you want the fold of the shirt to be. So we're going to put it just a little bit over that and then you just ah. fold it over oh. and just right through oh, yeah. and it gives a more tailored and yeah. fitted look for your t-shirts. We like, like a, it. Like an old 50s style. Uh, yes, yeah. I like that. James is going to start cool. wearing his t-shirts like yeah, that. Yeah, we're going like to do it on James. both sides what's for the, you. What's the heck involving the sweater there? Okay, so as you know, men don't really have a bunch of accessories no. to wear. So this is not only a great hack for styling your sweater as like an added, like an added look to your summer look, mm -hmm. but it's also super cute because if it gets cold at night, you just take it off and you pop it's it cute. on your like it. shoulders. So instead of tying it around your waist and making it look bulky, he's going to drape it over his shoulders. And then we're going to pull Craig, both. I can see you doing this. We're I pull. Well, let's wait to see how it turns out. Okay. <laughs> we're going to pull both sleeves uh, like this in the shape of an X. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to grab the under one and you're going to fold it over just like this. Okay. Okay, and then you're going to grab the bottom sleeve. Okay. And you're going to open it up. Mm. Oh. And you just tuck like it. A sock. Beautifully. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's literally like what we sock. were calling it. Yeah. So it's perfect. Look so at it that. Fits. Jay, you got a new look. <laughs> that's cute. Cool. you rocking that. It's stylish. It gives a whole Hamptons vibe, perfect for the summer. Cute. And then when it's cold, he just pops it off. I love and it. Puts it on. James I love is it. ready for the weekend. I love it. All right, so our last hack is for a cardigan. Yes. What are we going to do with it? This looks fine to me. Okay, it actually looks great. So especially if you're going to the office and you're cold, <laughs> like, we're going to show you how to turn your cardigan into a shrug because shrugs are trending right oh. now. It gives you a prop look. Okay. So Sarah is going to take off the cardigan. We're like, oh, okay, what are you going to do? She's and then she's shrug? going to put it on backwards. Yes, we're putting on the cardigan backwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to grab the bottom and essentially pull it over her head. Oh! And then you just <laughs> drape it over your shoulders, however you'd and like. That looks and it's so much cuter. First of all, it's not only cuter, not that there's anything wrong with cardigans, it's so much cuter. It gives That's you a whole That's so much cuter. Look. And I wear cardigans all the time. Yeah. I'm about to be so. You do, and you wear me I do. I'm like, you just wait till Monday, y'all. And actually, so you can wear this to work, so it's a whole business please, look. Please, and then if you're going to happy hour. <laughs> That's so cute. This is yeah. great. These were great. Lena, thank you so much. So thank you so much. It's called the shrug. You like just kind of drape it over your shoulders, accentuate your waist. It's kind of a relaxed. I come in all swaddled and crazy. Coming up, we're going to take our shrug and pack some snacks. Get your playlist ready. We're going on a road trip, y'all. we got a few destinations that your whole family will love. <laughs> I love this. That guy's been in the car all morning. <laughs>
Then later, Joy Bauer answering viewers' biggest nutrition questions like, which type of chocolate can benefit your health? Oh, we have props. Yes, Joy's got the answers when the third hour of today rolls on. I hope the video keeps going for that. Shrug. Does it ever end? Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the True Crime Original. All right. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> quiet back there. Who's ready to buckle up for a summer road trip? We are. All right. Well, we have some amazing vacations for your whole family will love. From Condé Nast Traveler's Deputy Global Editorial Director, Jesse Ashlock. He's here to walk or drive us through where we're going this summer. Hello. Good to be here. You don't have to hold the wheel the whole time. I'm driving. You know, who drives like this? I'm a little bit concerned about going. Exactly. First of all, you know what? Talk about the benefits of a road road trip. Listen, so a lot of people during the pandemic got a pandemic pet. My family got a pandemic car. And oh. like a lot of Americans, we rediscovered our backyard. Um, and now it's great that we're traveling again, but everybody's doing it. The airports are jam-packed. The mm-hmm. TSA just had its busiest day ever. And ticket prices are way up. Meanwhile, gas prices are down a bit. And um, the road trip is still the best thing in the let's world to do, do in the summertime. So let's yeah. do it. Where are we going? So I love you, that. You've got a, a suggestion for nearly every part of the country. So let's start here in the Northeast. What, what road trip do you recommend here? Well, one of my favorites is um, kind of my backyard just up the coast from us. Um, you start out in South Kingston in the Newport area, mm. and you head to Bar Harbor, Maine. Oh, I um, love Bar Harbor. And uh, Newport, um, one of the very original vacation towns. Everybody's into it again because of the show The Gilded Age. They want to tour the iconic mansions. It's great. Great in the summertime. You got Newport folk, Newport jazz in the summer. Then you drive on up 95, eat a lobster roll, Ooh. hit Portland, mm. Portland Maine, uh, it's the kind of the birthplace of the local war movement. Uh, visit 4th Street, the restaurant. Um, and then uh, Katy National Park on Mount Desert oh, Island outside of Bar Harbor. Um, you can hike the carriage roads that the Rockefellers built um, and uh, kind of soak up that main atmosphere. And it's just beautiful. It Absolutely serene. beautiful. One of the most wonderful places the on the planet. I love that. So pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going to head down south. Where are we off to? 
All right, we're going to start in, Na- start in Nashville and head down to Macon, Georgia on uh, US 41, which is kind of like the South's answer to Route 66. Um, and it's one of those um, old highways from before the interstate system, and which has gives it this kind of nostalgic veneer. You've got the like old motels and uh, auto camps. Um, and uh, Nashville, you can spend some time at the Country Music Hall of Fame, one of my favorite places, gawking at like you know Elvis's gold caddy and oh, George Jones's nudie suits. Um, I think Chattanooga is uh, one of America's under-the-radar gems. Um, mm. Ruby Falls and Lookout Mountain and Rock City are a wonderful tourist attraction. They've got a great aquarium. And then head to Macon, where um, Akmulgi uh, Burial Mounds is a prehistoric Ooh. Native American site that is uh, going to be our next national park in all likelihood. I love that. Okay, so let me keep on driving here. Now let's <laughs> drive. Eyes on the road. Let's you keep fast. Now let's drive to South Car- or South Carolina, oh. South Dakota God, for all get those in glasses. <laughs> Why is she driving? She's the last person should be driving. All right. We're going to start out in Yankton uh, in the corner of the state. And uh, basically, this is another kind of backroads drive on uh, Minnesota 60, which is one of the old highways. We used to call them the Blue Roads. Um, And you'll go through these picturesque riverside towns like Stillwater, Minnesota, um, and uh, and then find your way to Lake Michigan, where um, you'll wind up on a a peninsula in between the lake and uh, Green Bay. I love this idea. And if you've got time, hit Minneapolis, go to Paisley Park, Prince's Home and Report. Studio. Go to Awamni, the sous chef. Great new restaurant. Minneapolis, one of the best cities in America. Love nice. it. Nice. Okay. Right, last but not least here, let's let's go out west. Let's, let's, let's go. It's like you've never driven. <laughs> Don't never, make me come back there. She's never driven this I'm car before. over this car. <laughs> let's go to Utah. Where are we going? All right. Let's start out in um, Monroe near Arches National Park. One of the best national parks, but it is beloved. So um, get a reservation in advance. And, uh, and pro tip, go early in the day or late in the day. The crowds are a lot thinner then, and it's actually the most beautiful time to visit the park. Um, in Moab nearby, there's this awesome new luxury glamping spot called Ulum. And then head into the heart of the Rockies and go to Telluride, which is a mining town now probably most famous for the film festival, which happens at the end of the summer. Um, if you're a, There's wonderful hiking, and if you're a thrill seeker, they've got this awesome Via Ferrata uh, system, so you can hang on to a, uh-huh. like a metal rung on the side of a 14,000-foot mountain. That sounds uh, perfectly amazing. safe. Okay. That sounds, did you guys like your road trip? This was great, Jesse. I loved it. Thank I enjoyed you. Jesse. Thanks for taking you seriously. The driver's not. You know what? Great. Don't make me come back turn there. Around. I'll go on a road trip with you guys anytime. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. All right. Can we turn on the radio? And the July August there we go. The July August issue of Condé Nast Traveler is out now. All right, coming up next, Joy Bauer is here fielding nutrition questions from our viewers, like why salty foods make us so swollen mm. and what to eat that could help lower your cholesterol naturally. We'll have those answers when we come right back. All right, roll down the windows. Another edition of Superfood Friday SOS. This is where we answer your questions. And to do it, we brought in the expert today, nutrition and health expert Joy Bowers here to break them down, to share some helpful, healthy eating strategies. Always good to have you. Let's dig in. Here's our first question from a viewer. Hi, Joy. I'm Ina Espinoza from Ann Arbor, Michigan. How much protein should I be eating? Oh, good question. Yeah, and so we spend so much time talking about why protein is important. It helps with our muscles, our tissues, keeps our appetite in check, jacks up our energy levels. But we don't talk about how much we should be eating each day. So I really appreciate this this question. Here's the easiest way to figure out how much you need. Take your weight in pounds— 
divide it in half, and that's about how much protein you should be eating each and every day. It's oh, not an exact ounces, science. In, in grams. In grams. In grams. So it's not an exact science, but it's a really good reference number. So for example, if you weigh 140 pounds, you want to aim to eat 70 grams of protein wow. each and never every day. That. Yeah. Never never and also, um, I should <clears throat> say that you need a little bit more if you're pregnant. If you're nursing or if you're a serious athlete. And these are some foods that are rich. Yeah, in so protein. the good news is that there, there's so many foods that have a lot of protein. So, for example, um, a cup of cottage cheese has about 24 grams of protein. This is Greek yogurt. A cup has about anywhere from 15 to 18 grams. Two tablespoons of peanut butter, about eight grams. An egg, six grams. A cup of beans has a lot, or lentils. This is a palm size or a deck of cards for chicken, fish, or meat, 21 grams. And when you think about it, we probably have double this yeah. for lunch and dinner. Let's so, talk about these yeah. next foods here because we've got a viewer question related to heart health. Okay. Let's take a listen. Hey, Joy, this is Steve from Westchester, New York. I was just wondering if there are any specific foods that I might be able to eat to help me lower cholesterol. That's a great question. Yeah. So diet has a huge impact on our cholesterol level. And in order to lower our cholesterol numbers, first you want to minimize saturated fat, refined carbs, and added sugar. And I know that's easier said than done, but it's really important. But the good news is that there are actually foods that have cholesterol-lowering capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I geek out over this because yeah. <laughs> it really illustrates the power of healthy Food. eating. Yeah. So first, I'm going to start by saying that there's a type of fiber called soluble fiber, yeah. and it has the capability of latching on to circulating cholesterol and escorting it out of our body. And you mm -hmm. find it in things like like apples, avocado, oats. These are chia, chia seeds, seeds. Um, lentils, and beans. Here I'm showing pistachio nuts because pistachio nuts, as well as sunflower seeds, they have this natural occurring plant-based compound called mm. plant stanols or sterols. Mm. And all you need to know is that that helps to block the absorption oh, wow. of cholesterol. I so love pistachios. These are the things you want to put Joy. onto your menu. Very, very yeah. helpful. Sunflower seeds also help keep you awake on a road trip. That's true. <laughs> Who knew there was a it's car in the studio? Okay. Now we have a question about chocolate. I know that dark chocolate is healthier than milk chocolate, and I want to switch. What percent should I look for in the grocery store? Thanks so much, Joy. All that's nice. <laughs> so sweet. We, yeah, sometimes if you get too much dark chocolate, it, it's bitter. That's right. So, like, as a general guideline, the darker the chocolate, the higher the percentage of cacao or cocoa, mm -hmm. the greater the health perks. But it's not as easy as just going to the store and buying the highest percentage because then you don't have that out-of-this-world indulgent chocolate mm -hmm. experience. So what I like to do is, first off, we're showing here the middle ground. So this is between 60 and 80 percent, okay. I think, oh, so is the sweet good. spot because so it delivers the health-promoting flavanols, but it also Ooh. is gently sweet and it has that yeah. melt-in-your-mouth deliciousness. Mm -hmm. I would tell people to start at 60 yeah. percent and then slowly work your way up and yeah. see where your palate prefers. 70 is great. I love like 72%, mm -hmm. and there's Ooh. a lot of great brands out there. If you're only looking for pure health, okay. you could go for the gusto, 80 plus percent, Ooh. but I'm just going to tell you it's going to be intense. It's going to be that's a lot. It's, it's not, not as sweet be... and indulgent. Yes. Fine. All right, so next we're talking, I think sodium. Let's listen to our last question. 
Hi Joy, this is Darby and Mango from Austin, Texas. I wanted to reach out about salty foods and why they make me swollen. I've always heard this happens, but why does it happen and how long does it usually last? That's a great question. We have a saying in my office where sodium goes, water flows. Ah. This is a real thing. So it is. I've learned my lesson in the mornings. <laughs> the sodium, sodium is a component of salt. Okay. And when you eat a salty meal, that sodium draws in water okay. and you're going to feel it in your fingers. Sometimes yep. you get a swollen face, face, puffiness around the belly. The good news is it will usually ease up in 24 hours or so. Okay. And you can also expedite the process by drinking a lot of flat water okay. and eating potassium-rich foods. Oh, shoot. We're out of time, so let's hurry. Oh, okay. So so some of oh. the most more surprising places that you okay. would get sodium, we have, you know, the like sausage, sausages, jerky. Yep, yep. Shrimp is really salty. Shrimp? Bread. Really? Bread has a ton. And obviously, restaurant meals, they pack in the salt. Okay. So For you just want to be mindful. Cholesterol-lowering recipes, it's today.com slash food. We'll be right back. Thank you. I love Why something. Shrimp? Why shrimp? Because it's from you. Well, that's going to do it for us. Coming up on Monday, our fearless start today leader, mm-hmm. Steph Mansour, has how to stay cool during summer workouts. Hoda and Jenna are up next with Ashley Park from Emily in Paris, now starring in the movie Joyride. Have a great weekend, y'all. Happy Friday. Have Bye-bye. a good weekend. Mm-hmm.